This episode of Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Balesa.co, the premier destination in porn for women. Balesa brings you the hottest free porn videos that prioritize female pleasure. Just as steamy, they have some of the best erotic fiction on the web. And now, finally, sex toys! Balesa just launched their signature line of sex toys, as well as a curated selection of the best, most exclusive sex toys available online. Use the code HOLLY15 at checkout to get 15% off your order today. Amazing vibrators and totally simple to use, the Balesa line is perfect for both first-timers and pros. Vibrators, couples toys, butt plugs, you name it. Visit balesa.co slash store and use code HOLLY15 at checkout to get 15% off your new toy today. That's B-E-L-L-E-S-A dot C-O slash store with coupon code HOLLY15 for 15% off. Everybody, I am so fucking excited because I am relaunching my website, hollyrandall.com. I have finally taken it back after five years of having another company run it, and it is now 100% under my control, and I couldn't be more excited. So please support me and go and join my new website. That's hollyrandall.com. And I will love you forever. And if you don't want to join my website, but you want to support this podcast, you can always go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. And I will take your money there as well. And I will love it just as much. So thank you guys so much for your support. And support me at hollyrandall.com. Hey guys, so today is my one year anniversary of Holly Randall Unfiltered. I can't believe it's been a year. It's been such an incredible journey and I want to thank you guys so much for being a part of it. So for my anniversary episode, I have on the incredible Nina Hartley. I'm so excited to have her here. I've known her for a very long time. She is a legend in the industry and she has a wealth of information and we've got so much to talk about. So I'm so excited to have her here. Without further ado, let's welcome the incredible Nina Harley. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. And today I am excited for two reasons. Number one, it is actually, this episode is exactly my one year anniversary of this podcast. So, and the second reason is because I have the legendary Nina Hartley here, who is an incredible woman, and I'm so honored to have you here. Thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you for having me. I hate talking about sex. I've been doing it for 40 years, and it's still like so. Boring. Do you do you get kind of over it a little bit? I can yeah, imagine actually, that you would. I I don't. I don't. And here's why. Mm. Um, you know, I went to school for nursing, so I was mm-hmm. going to be was, was, blah, 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 blah. I was going to be a midwife. I was. I went to. Right. I wanted to be a nurse midwife, mm-hmm. and then I was pretty enough for porn, exhibitionistic enough that a camera, sure. Um, and I've always been here for a reason more than the boobs, mm. and that is to talk from a feminist perspective about sex, sexuality, and sexual expression from a stance of practice, not theory. Mm-hmm. So in the 80s, when you did the weed thing, um, the porn wars, your mom probably yes. had a lot to say oh, about the porn yeah. especially being English. I'm sure she would look at the Americans like, what is yeah. our problem? Of course, 
BDSM porn is illegal in England, so what's their problem? Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. Um, now, we're not talking about the pussy wars, which involve like Jim South and no, like, Larry no, no, we're, Flint. We're talking, no, no, we're the porn wars were the... Something were the, um, So many wars. Yeah, right. so, so many. <laughs> so many wars. And then there's a... <laughs> the Peloponnesian and the Punic and the... <laughs> so, in the 80s, um, so 1980, <clears throat> Ronald Reagan was um, elected, which was a big poot screw, but anyway... I started stripping in 82, mm-hmm. and that was the beginning of the HIV crisis. Right. So it's still the gay disease, mm-hmm. but it was, it was boom, 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 boom. There was happening the smoke mm-hmm. on, the, on the horizon. Mm. And Catherine McKinnon and Andrea Dworkin, and, and Andrea Dworkin, may she rest in hell like she hopefully is there now, um, started. So there is Reagan, the conservatism, him not mentioning HIV AIDS, mm-hmm. him firing um, the the... Surgeon General, mm-hmm. uh, for mentioning that maybe masturbation should be taught. Jocelyn Elders was was fired when she when, when in response. She to, suggested masturbation should be taught as a safety precaution. Okay, because we didn't know anything about how was HIV spread. What we know because okay. as a nurse, I knew that it wasn't going to stay a quote unquote gay disease. Duh, right, animals. It was going to clearly spread out the, pop, the initial yeah. population. Right. So Jocelyn Elders, in looking at what we knew then mm-hmm. about how HIV was spread, was saying as a National health, public health, as opposed to having sex with other people casually. Right, she's right. Just, just you know, masturbation should be taught okay. in schools as 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 a reasonable thing and uh, protection. It I, isn't a healthy exercise. That yes. You well, know, this people, is what thirty six years ago. Yeah, and, and people still don't gone. accept it now. And and, yeah. and she and she was eighty six out of there. Yeah. So um, and then so that was on the public health part. Then in the political sphere. Um, there is morality in media and concerned families of America, concerned women of America, and all the morality, um, morality uh, um, um, and a moral majority. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then that was the beginning of the Hitler-Stalin pact between the so-called radical feminists embodied by Catherine McKinnon and Andrea Dworkin and mm-hmm. the religious right. The religious right hated sex and pornography because sin, mm-hmm. and the so-called feminist left hated pornography because it was misogynistic and supported the patriarchy and all the things. Um, <laughs> and and as always, lost in all of this were the actual experiences of the actual workers and actual practitioners. And it's still right. going today, going right. on with, with, with them with the sex worker rights and, and all the things. Yeah, why, why on earth would you actually talk to the people who are involved in the industry Right? I mean, God forbid. We're stupid, we're drug addicted, we have daddy issues, and we're in need of rescue. So, you're also, so, yeah, so, you're all victims. So, the, so the, all victims, and so the, the, the Captain Savaho industry. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, uh, so the original question. So, in the 80s, was I got in, I wanted to talk about sex and pornography from a place of practice because the theory didn't jive, the feminist theory, and I'm a feminist, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't jive with my live reality. Right. These are, um, I realize now, many years later, that. Um, a lot of them were lesbian women who have a different view of male sexuality than people who like to sleep with men mm. have of male sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that there's no, not toxic masculinity, check. Not that there's a lot of, you know, m- most of the horrible things that happen to men and women are perpetrated by other men, check. Mm-hmm. But that does not make men horrible. Men, mm-hmm. men, men conditioned by our culture in the way that they're conditioned. Mm-hmm. And women are conditioned by our culture in the way that they're conditioned. Right. And we're also conditioned to see the other quote-unquote, other gender as our enemy. Mm. So um, just as the Klan kept 
They said the Klan kept poor blacks and whites after the Civil War from banding together in a class struggle mm. against the landowners, and they started using race. So the way the sex wars are happening is we're keeping men and women at each other's throats because, oh, bitches this and basshood, bad assholes that, mm-hmm. as opposed to, wait, why are we at each other's throats? Who did this to? Why is this happening? Right. And so we're too busy fighting our daily wars to look mm-hmm. and go, hey, who does this benefit? Who does keeping men and women fighting each other benefit? It benefits the ruling class. It benefits the powers that be. It benefits the people who have more money than they'll ever know what to do with. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, porn was, yeah, naked ladies? Yeah. Don't have to date them? Check. Mm-hmm. Don't have to add, you know, find out what do you like. So I loved porn because I was very socially awkward. Mm-hmm. I just like, I wanted to get your shirt off and see what those were about, but mm-hmm. how do you even ask? Right, right. right. And civilian women are like, ah. And in the 80s, lesbians weren't sleeping with bisexual women, mm-hmm. and I'm very femme-presenting, and so it was very separatist then. So lesbians, hmm. bisexuality is still bi, something you can look up to called bi-erasure. Mm. So the LGBT, the Bs are like super, super, super invisible. They the super, acronym, right? It, it, you know, because to people who are bisexual, it feels like we want, they want to erase us. Pick mm. a side. Decide what you are. Mm. You know, so if I'm someone I'm femme presenting, <clears throat> lesbian, identified bisexual, I didn't want Susie Sorority. I wanted some dykes that they weren't <laughs> sleeping with by women. Luckily, 35 years later, a lot of that's gone. There's, right. very, there's very little separatism left, and now there's lots more mixing. And right. there's sex clubs and sex positivity. So, so the positive thing, so 35 years on from the beginning of my career, on one hand, we have still the anti-sex stuff, but now we have people your age and younger who grew up with parents our age right. who are themselves already more socially aware and sexually free than we were at their age mm-hmm. because we're their parents. Right, right. right? People like us are their parents. Right. And so they're, they are the wonderful group of women who are um, who are the sex worker activists like mm-hmm. uh, Lorelai Lee and um, um, Susie Q, mm-hmm. who you should definitely have on your show. Cause yeah, she's we've like, talked about it. She's just super smart and she sings. Yeah. She has she sings with ukulele. Oh my God, you how have, great. Yeah, no, really. It's, we can have a little like luau? Totally. No, <laughs> she, 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 and she, she's fun. So the, the, so the idea of whore pride and slut pride mm-hmm. is bigger now among younger people than it was when I was their age. So that, right. that, that's forward progress. Right. Um, on the one hand, technology like podcasting and the internet killed the business as we knew it. Mm-hmm. But partly it needed killing mm. because, you know, now with the internet, okay, well, okay, we have banking issues and so banking banks can close down sex worker accounts. Right. And then we have the SESTA-FOSTA thing, which is a disaster. But in terms of creation of sexually explicit material is now in the hands of the worker. Mm-hmm. You have an iPhone and a modem yeah. and an account. Dude, you can make your own porn. And, and, and so what, what's good about that is that people who don't look like, who don't look like a vivid girl mm-hmm. can, can still find can, their audience. Can find their audience. Yeah. And, and, and no matter how off of the norm of beauty you may appear, mm-hmm. all any cam model needs is 100 people in the whole world. Yeah. To give them fifty bucks a month each. Yeah, that's you can it, find. You can find that. I don't care right. how, how, how big or small or right. mismatched boobies or green hair or pierced nose. Somewhere out there, and, and I want to tell anyone listening to this who is themselves a non-traditionally appearing model mm-hmm. is that yes, it yes, you're going to hear hurtful comments. Yes, you're going to take longer to find your audience. But fetish audiences are so 
loyal that when you, the most unusual girl in the world, find your find a fan, he will never leave you. Right. He will. Right. He will always. He will. And if you if you have a toleration for developing personal relationships, at least online with right. people, they are very loyal. They'll pay for your panties and for custom pictures mm-hmm. and for custom videos and for Skype calling. And yay! There is adult verified call. There's Sex Panther. Shawn Michaels now has a sex sex talk app. Mm. So there's all kinds of ways for the for the performer to to own her his or her own material and get money from it directly from the fans. So that's you, what I think the greatest thing about the internet has been is the way that's that it's put lining, silver power lining. into the hands of the performers. And it's given them more power and control over their career and their brand than they've ever had before. Unless the ISP says, we don't want ads for you. Mm. Which was happening to all the sex workers, of course, uh, Craigslist, Backpage. Right. Okay. So um, now we're talking about the Sesta Fosta thing, right? Yeah. So, okay. so sex, so sex work. So for the, the, for the long, for the longest time, and your mother knows all about this. In mm. 1988, way back machine. Are we talking about the so Freeman before, case? Yeah. Uh-huh. So before 1988, porn was basically illegal to shoot right. pretty much anywhere. Right. Um, they were doing it in New York, but hey, no one in New York, no one's going to mess with you there. So yeah. from the 70s into early 80s, the main production center was New York. Mm-hmm. And then um, Idiot Cousin Tony, who can't run parking lots, gets sent out to California. Can't get in trouble out in California. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, 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 we'll run a porn company. Yeah, you can't get in trouble out there. <laughs> you know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh-huh. And so the companies out here, um, so they started uh, making porn here. So mm-hmm. in the 80s, the lead police officer at L.A. County, really wanted to get porn out of L.A. Mm-hmm. And so they were busting sets. And I know mm-hmm. your mother has all the stories about yep. people busting sets. I was yep. on, um, they, we, they couldn't, like the vice squad going through our trash, and they couldn't like release a location until like the morning before. Oh, no. Like, so, okay, so you're going to come to this parking lot. Yeah. Vaughn's parking lot. Yeah, we're going to get into a van mm-hmm. and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it's very cloak and dagger. Very. Yep. And I hear stories about the cops getting onto a set. You know, people are naked. They're busting. They're busting people. They're holding naked people at gunpoint. And then, of course, this being the early '80s, we'll tell your mother what you do if you don't tell us who hired you. So, in California at the time, uh, prostitution was a misdemeanor. Right. We'll charge you with prostitution unless you tell us who hired you. But pimping and pandering, mm-hmm. which is either. Um, Earning money off of prostitution or encouraging an act of prostitution mm-hmm. for felonies. Mm-hmm. They wanted those directors. They wanted those producers. Yep. Bad. Yeah. And Freeman eventually said, fuck you. And so he was one of the people who was busted in 88. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the reason my career took off the way that it did was in the early 80s, we were busting sets down here. So all the production headed up to, Calif- to LA, uh, San Francisco, mm-hmm. where I was a local. Mm-hmm. I was going to San Francisco State, and I was new. And so... Uh, PSA Airlines, uh, Pacific something Airlines, but they used to call it Porn Star Airlines. It had a San Francisco to LAX uh-huh. hop. And the last plane left at 11 o'clock at night. And so lots of production. They bring up the crew, the 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 gear, which mm-hmm. in those days was... So, we're talking so about 30, the, one camera with 35 pounds. Yeah. Plus yeah. everything, plus the lights. And yes. was, all the fancy lights. So, yeah. so but they would, they would still better to fly up the crew and the cast and the gear and shoot in San Francisco where the cops did not cut. Just don't do it in the street, please. Mm-hmm. So I, ne- I, I was never on a set busted mm. um, up in San Francisco because it was never busted. Um, but I, I, heard, I heard about sets, uh, sets in L.A. being busted. So Hal Freeman um, took his case to the California Supreme Court and they voted 9-0 to zero that the attempts by the law enforcement uh, was a, a an attempt at a, a blatant attempt at an end run around the First Amendment. 
Mm. So in 1988, 9-0, California became, it became legal to shoot pornography in California. Right. We could no longer, so then we could buy permits and if the police officer shows up, hello officer, here's my permit, mm-hmm. I have to go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, that, that was, so that's, then LA became the center of, right. of, of porn. Now, is it true that technically because of this case, California is technically the only state that you're allowed to shoot porn in? And New Hampshire. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I, I don't thought know there was why, one on the I East Coast I don't know too. why New Hampshire, but it's legal to shoot pornography in New Hampshire and California. Everywhere uh-huh. else, people are doing it, but I, if, if I they wanted it, to... I heard it's not illegal, it's just not legal. It's like a weird gray area, meaning, right? A, meaning it's the discretion of the local DA or the yeah. local cops. If they yes. want to bust you and bring... They certainly are able. There's something to stop them right. from doing so. Right. Um, and I know that one company, one producer in uh, New Hampshire is being sued because her production manager hired an Airbnb for a week mm. and didn't say, by the way, we, oh and man, you so, got it. No, and the, and the owner found out online, saw pictures yeah. of her home, and, and, and turned out that the company had moved art from one room to another to mm-hmm. set this, to dress the sets, and just so all kinds, all kinds the, the producer's being sued, the director's being oh, yeah. sued, and the company's being sued. Oh yeah, you gotta be so careful. That's when like girls come to me, they're like, oh, I have a nice Airbnb, we can shoot it. I'm like, no. I'm like, I need a locate. I mean, I get relocation releases from everybody now. You have to. You have to tell people what you're doing. It is not worth it. You get so busted. And you get, you'll lose everything. Wait, wait. That's my dad's painting in a porno. Yeah. And no judge is going to say that my First Amendment rights trump the property rights of the homeowner. Exactly. Because, you know, porn's legal, but still. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Good on you for getting, yay, smart. Oh, yeah, no, I'm real careful. I was taught. But you're a second second generation pornographer, so you have all all the institutional memory from your mother who who is the ball. How is she doing, by the way? She's good. She's good. She's, you know, she's fighting Coastal Commission right now, but, you know, my mom, she's always fighting somebody. Because she loves it. Yeah, she does. <laughs> um, so, no, your mother, I mean, when's, where, when's her biopic coming out? Because she really, she Actually, is such a... we have somebody writing a script right cool, now. Cool, because she's such a force. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she's such a character. Only, yes, she is. Only, did she know Vivian Westwood? They must, they must know each other. Maybe. Maybe they, they're just huge English characters. Yeah. Just, just like, get yeah. out of town. Yeah. You're a real person. Yeah. Um, but she did beautiful work, and smartly, like Olivia uh, de Berenice, Kept her own copyright. Yes, and so all that stuff. From the, she has all the eighties shit. Yes, man. it's crazy. And it's crazy. And, yeah. I, and she only shot me twice, I think. Um, and once was for the box cover for Bring on the Virgins, nineteen eighty nine. Oh, nice. The last, the last one, the last shoots my actual tits, <laughs> and it was the first time the stylist. In, so up until that, up until that shoot, all the hair had been big hair blown back, mm-hmm. right? The big giant oh, halo, yes. I the eighties halo yes, of hair. Yes, yes. And this is the like first time. Hair. Yeah, the, yeah, the first, the first time that someone Dallas hair, basically. Yeah. At, uh, 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 this is the first time. So this, I loved that shot, that shoot of me because I looked very modern. It was mm-hmm. the first time that my bangs were forward, mm-hmm. right, as opposed to. Back yes, and yes. big, big yes. and, and it looks really cute, yeah. you know. And it's like, oh my god, my tits were cute. I, I could have held off in the boob job a couple more years. Yeah, yeah, but, well, yeah whatever. Oh well. But uh, but she was, and uh, that shoot was Portia Lynn, Sharon, Sharon Kane, myself, and some dude body who was there for a prop. Yeah, <laughs> some pro, some prop dude, <laughs> some prop guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, now, you have been in the industry for how long now? My first movie, my first stripping was 82. My first movie was 84. Wow. And then, so tell me how, like, you actually got into porn porn. So you said that they were shooting stuff up in San Francisco. Well, so how I got into porn porn? So way back in the way back machine, I was a mid-teenager babysitting, 14, mid-teenager babysitting my, uh, 
with my neighbors who, uh, and there were, there were, you know, it was the seventies, a swinging couple, mm-hmm. and, they, and they had a water bed mm-hmm. with a adult bookshelf next to the bed with mm-hmm. some with some books, and it was a lovely collection of smut, pure pure smut. Mm-hmm. Um, Daddy's little helper, school for wives, but more importantly. Um, Everything you want to know about sex, but we're afraid to ask. The happy mm-hmm. hooker, um, joy of sex, uh, the usual, the usual seventy stuff. But mm-hmm. then this amazing trove of Victorian smut. The really, per- the Pearl, Autobiography of a Flea, Fanny Hill. Wow! And there was a used bookstore between my home and the high school that had an erotica section. I would, I would don't forget, in the seventies. I'm wearing overalls and flannel shirts, and I have no <laughs> makeup. I'm not. I'm not a cute teen girl. I am a. I don't know what the fuck's going on, teen girl. No, underneath. Sounds un- like me. Under underneath the overalls and flannel shirts, I was wearing beautifully matched bikini, bra and panty sets. Oh. But no one ever saw them but me right. because the yeah, <laughs> hey, well, <laughs> social. What? <laughs> you know, I was a geek before they knew the, what the word girl geek was. I, was yeah. def- I definitely socially awkward. But in my mind, I was in my mind. I didn't have the word Nina, but I was already. Me, meaning mm-hmm. I want what propelled me into porn partly was I wanted to become competent and confident about mm. sex. If I had the words, and another thing, but young people, young people today can earlier find the words queer, poly, non monogamous, kinky, mm-hmm. top, bottom, you know, daddy. They, 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 have, they have other ways into the personas because my niece, she's 21, 21 now, but when she was 18, I told her what I did, she already knew. Mm. These things about herself. She already mm. identified as poly, pan, bi, kinky, the whole thing, and okay. had a boyfriend with whom she was doing all these fun things. It's like, yeah, <gasps> you. Did you grow up in like a conservative home? I grew up in Berkeley, California during the 60s okay. and 70s. So it wasn't conservative per se. Right. My parents were seekers. My father had been blacklisted. Um, Your parents were what? Um, uh, seekers, capitalist, S E E K E. Just like, just like looking around for the world. So they tried. Uh, okay. So they tried thera- all this kind of therapy and all the th- all the therapies of the sixties, and then mm-hmm. and to save their marriage and their and their direction in life mm. uh, after the blacklisting. Because you know, before my father's blacklisting, he had a good radio job. My mother had a good. Why job. Why was he blacklisted? He's a communist. <laughs> oh, okay. This is the fifties. Don't forget the fifties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so McCarthy, right? Yeah. He was, he was okay. one of the, the last people to get to get picked by picked off by McCarthy. Wow. So two years after that debacle, when yeah. when their life their lives came crashing, to that's incredible. Me, I was born, and so for the first ten years of my life, my parents were casting about how do we, what do we do now? Right. <laughs> you know, um, my mother ended up being the prime breadwinner, which was not what they had expected or planned. Mm-hmm. So there was some tension around that. Mm. My siblings were much older than me, so I'm semi alone with every. So by the time I was mm-hmm. ten, my siblings had moved out, mm-hmm. and I was alone with the family. And they found Zen Buddhism when I was ten. Mm-hmm. It's like we have to find something that we can do together, mm-hmm. or we're going to divorce. Mm-hmm. It's just one of these things. And so they, right. they they reoriented their marriage, reoriented reoriented their focus, and started studying Zen Buddhism. And from the time I was thirteen until they did till they died, um, they were full. They were in in the community. My father, they both ordained as priests. My mother ended up being abbess for a few years. Oh so, wow! So it, it's a it's a it's so in terms of while well, I'm culturally Jewish, um, I am socially very Buddhist, and that I, that's that's the community community in which I grew up. I'm so mm-hmm. grateful because in the time. That they found Zen, which Alan Watts was doing, it was very uh, Jerry Brown. The mm-hmm. young Jerry Brown was was we. I met him a few times, but in the same time period, Est was a big thing in her in her in her Earnhardt seminar training mm-hmm. and Hare Krishna and Scientology. So they thank goodness they picked Zen. Yeah, 
because then will not then doesn't permit proselytization. Mm. So I was around it, but mm-hmm. they never said you have to sit in meditation, you have to go chant, you have to no. This is this you're hanging out with mom and dad, and so it was just really nice. And mm-hmm. so I use Buddhist concepts all the time mm. in my in my in my teaching. Do you still find that you <clears throat> identify with that? I do very much so, mm-hmm. um, because the principles of Buddhism are compassion mindfulness and personal responsibility, mm. all, of, all of which work well for me. Right. So I grew up in a very um, a time of place of, of social flux and um, so was the civil rights movement and the gay rights beginning and the civil rights in the middle of it and the beginning of the ecological movement. So all the movement stuff and we can make our life what we need to. So mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. I'm the only, well, my aunt was gay, gay, gay. Mm-hmm. My mother my, both my parents in the parallel universe that doesn't exist were, would have been some kind of bi. Mm. You know, some kind of non-traditional relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, my, all my siblings are quite normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a couple of gay cousins, one lesbian, lesbian kinky cousin, and one gay cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my niece is some kind of queer girl. You mm-hmm. know, uh, but she passes. She's a very femme. She passes for normie if she dresses correctly, and you can't tell. Right. Um, she had no shaved head or pierced face or right, anything right, like right. that. So the. It wasn't I was raised in a conservative place, but my parents left me a lot of time on my own. Mm-hmm. And their sexuality, they're older. So my father was born in 1915, my mother born in 1926. And so they, while they may have been some kind of proto-queer, the cultural conditioning was just too heavy yeah, to break it out right. of. Was it wasn't right. Um, uh, and so they did not, and they, you know, I, I had my first boyfriend was much older, then I had the three-way marriage for 20 years, which mm-hmm. was a disaster. And... But my parents, it took my mother 25 years to get okay mm-hmm. with what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing about Zen, of course, she, I really appreciated this about this particular religion. You know, I came to understand that I was upset because you weren't doing what I expected you to do. And I realized expectations were my responsibility. I love that. Well, thank you, Mom. That, that took 12 years. I'm going, oh, I'll take it. And so by the time she died, she realized I helped people and mm-hmm. I had a lot to offer people. And she mm-hmm. did, came with that on her own. Mm-hmm. I did not, you know. Right, right. Um, so I'm grateful that it's then. I'm, right. Of all the things, of all the things. And uh, so I knew early on that I was bisexual. So, so going back to the, the, the couple, I mm-hmm. realized I like this is great. I love mm-hmm. looking at Playboy. Ladies, mm-hmm. ladies, you know. Um, so the first time I saw the word bisexual, I realized, oh, that's me. Yeah. Exhibitionist. Yeah. Voyeur. You bet. So I, was, <laughs> I, was, I didn't have, um, I didn't have, so at least I, didn't, I knew there were, there were labels. By the 70s, there were labels for things I was feeling mm-hmm. that weren't deviant, sick. Right, right, right. And I'm grateful that I grew up in Berkeley and grateful that my, um, it had its downsides, but I'm grateful that my parents actually did more hands-off parenting, mm-hmm. um, so I had very little to rebel against. Mm. Uh, my father once said, so "My mom would always joke. She was like, I would hope that you would rebel against us and become like really conservative and get like a straight-laced job or something like that.'" I was like, "Sorry, it didn't work that." But she's like, "You're supposed to do the opposite of what your parents do." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah no, that didn't, but, that didn't but, happen." No, because your mom had a very exciting life, and she was she's artistic and she's self-employed, and she yeah. gets to be her own boss. So why would you want to do anything else to be your own boss? Oh, I know exactly. You know, yeah. Um, and now your mom, you're. <laughs> I have so little person. I did, I knew more about her than I knew her. Mm-hmm. I only shot for her twice. Yeah, um, but the stories around your mom, oh, basically, I know. It's basically just her, her just bigger than life personality. Yeah, it's, for just, sure. it's awesome. For so, sure. so, so I, I grew up with a big wig as a mother, but in a in a different way. So, mm-hmm. what's it, what's it like having a mom with a large personality? Oh my god, I don't know. It's um, it's it can be overpowering sometimes. Sometimes it's a little bit much. Are you um, an only child? No, I have a brother and a sister. Are you an auntie? Uh, no. I know, and my poor mother. 
Did, I know. You don't even know. My mom wants kids. My mom wants grandkids so bad. And she has three children all in their 30s. Who are no going, they're going, no, not so much, mom. Thanks. But my sister's getting married uh, this fall. And um, how I, old is she? She is 32. Does she even want babies? I think so. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Thank God. So I have a feeling that they. She'll be. Hoping they'll crank one out. Yeah, no. my case yeah, for sure. No, my I'm the youngest, so by the time I by the time my mother ended up with eight grandkids, and by the time she did died, eight greats. Yeah, out of three. So wow, her three children gave her eight grandchildren. Right, and three of the grandchildren had given her eight greats. And oh, so wow. by now I was about thirty. She said, "You don't have to have any for me." It's like, thank you, and I wasn't going to, but yeah, but 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 thanks, but thanks, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I kept waiting. I'm in the seventies, you know. I, I'm I I was fourteen when Roe versus Wade was was decided, and I realized in my core, in my marrow, and my bones that that was that bodily autonomy. Before I knew I was going to ever do this, mm-hmm. but I just understood that for females to be equal to males, bodily autonomy is the bottom line core solid thing. Sex is more consequential for females than it is for males. Yes, absolutely. That baby thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, so so men and women are more alike than they are different, but this is a profound difference in the fact of our biology, mm-hmm. that that sex for men can be so not much of anything. Mm-hmm. And for us, it can be just a one-night stand, but I have a friend who's now got a two-year-old from a one-night stand. Yeah. But she was 40, she wanted to be a mom, so she she wasn't, she wouldn't have normally picked him. Right. But she's not sorry she did it, because the baby's amazing, the toddler's amazing, and yeah. everyone's supportive in the whole thing. Um, uh, but the people who want babies should have babies, and people who don't want babies should not have babies. Right. Full stop. It's, it's, it's just that simple to me. Right. So I get waiting to want to be. I, I, I love babies. I was interested in pregnancy and childbirth, but child rearing. Mm, yeah. No. 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 So I knew. So I wasn't even kissing boys. I was fourteen. I wasn't even kissing boys. But I knew. Mm-hmm. You know, if I if if I got pregnant, it's like try kissing first. Let's just yeah. let's just go that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But I knew it when I was fourteen. I knew of girls who were fucking at fourteen. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't like an alien concept to me. Right. I just was like. <clears throat> And I thought, well, okay, if I had the baby, I was, I was interested in pregnancy, deliver, delivery, and breastfeeding as a physiological uh, phenomenon. Mm. Um, I was so isolated, so isolated socially, and so disjointed and and alienated physically and emotionally mm-hmm. that the idea of having a physiological event happen, I, I could not ignore or get away from or mm-hmm. deny or I, you're on it, you're on the ride now. That was that was interesting to me. But I thought, right. yeah, but if I do that, then. I will want to keep it because I understood about oxytocin. And so if I keep it, I'll fuck it up. So if I, if I got pregnant, I'd oxytocin have is that chemical is, is that's the, released the, the, that bonds the, 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 you to the bar, your child, yeah. your child, or your lover, or your lover, right? Or, if yeah. you have an orgasm, you release you, that. Absolutely, women that, do, that, right? that, that, and, and men do too. But they're just taught to really ignore what that feeling is. Mm. And also, we also are taught after sex, it's normal to feel close to your partner. But then women are taught to take this and project forward into a relationship with mm-hmm. this person as opposed to this was an amazing event. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're compatible in any other way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if making a relationship with you is a good idea, but man, you're fun to bone. Yeah. And so the bonding between the bond that comes from good boning is mm-hmm. is normal. It is is Mother Nature's way of and oxytocin is mother Mother Nature's way of making sure the mother does not kill the child in a fit of exhaustion. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah. so mammals. Yay yeah. mammals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Because yeah, reptilians will eat the you know, so hey. Yeah. So the uh uh it was I forgot where we started on that one. Golly. 
We were going, we started to ask you about how you got into shooting porn. So, so, so That's I where the question so, started. Right. So um, I got into porn. I, I liked it. Um, I didn't see any movies. And then I snuck into my first movie at 17 mm-hmm. and in Berkeley. And it was just struck between the eyes of, you know, I say my inner cookie monster said, me want do that. <laughs> what, do you remember what it was? Yes, yeah, so autobiography of a flea. John Leslie was in it, I believe. Paul autobiography Thomas. of a flea. Of a flea. It, it was a it was a movie version of a Victorian novel that I had read uh-huh. at the bedside of that couple. Oh wow! And so I that's was, serendipity right there. Right. So I was like, I liked historical drama. Yeah. And I had read the book, and it was written directed by a woman, or uh-huh. so they said. Um, and I so I was just interested to see it. And um, it's a movie that could not get made today because it had the incest themes. Um, mm. You know, at one point the the a, a man is is led to have sex with a woman who's then revealed to be his daughter, unknowing oh, wow. to unknowns to him. Right. And so that that the theme that probably the, the non consensual thing could not fly today. No, the incest thing, not. although they're they're skirting around it now. It's taken forty years, and now it used to be stepmommy, but don't touch. Yeah. And if you're if you're supposed to be actual. Quote mom and daughter were actually touching, and now they're doing scenes where mom, mom air quotes mom and daughter are, are having direct sex. It's like that's not my movie. Wow, you know. So if I'm having sex with someone young enough to be my daughter, I'll let the audience fill that in. Yeah, I'm right. older, she's younger. I'm in a position of authority in this scene, she's not, and you can just. But I'm you're not calling me mommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or stepmommy, or yeah, yeah. Nah. yeah. Nah. So you don't you don't like to do those kinds of roles it at d- all. I don't. If it was a real movie like Claire de Lune where you had to act mm. and really work out the subtext of how weird this is, mm-hmm. fine. But in porno, please. Yeah. It's too much, too complex. It's Yeah. Are there certain, like, who are you still shooting, right? Yeah, I am. Are you very particular about who you work for? Um, well, the people who do the kinds of movies that I don't like don't hire me because they know mm-hmm. that I, I don't, don't do, want to do it. I don't do gangbangs. Right. I don't do bukkakis. I don't do, you know, I don't yeah. do gapes. It's like, hey. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't do boy girl anal on camera anymore because I realized mm-hmm. after my last the last time I did it about five years ago I was like my anal scenes are never going to get better than this mm-hmm. twenty minutes of good core with a decent sized penis mm-hmm. we're good yeah I don't do I don't pull anal trains I don't do anal gangbangs I don't do DPs I don't juggle golf balls with my butt I mean <laughs> you know I I don't expel animals on camera it's like yeah eh, that's a no yeah that's a no yeah um so I mean you can play with my butt you can stick some of my butt with you me doggy I mean I like but that's anal sex that I do in private. So every, right. Everything you see me do on camera, I do at home for free. Of course. And, that, and that's why I still like what I do. And plus all the things I do on off camera that you never see. Mm-hmm. Because it's really important. I tell the women all the time that if you don't do something at home for free, don't do it on camera for money. Mm. It goes triple for anal. Mm-hmm. And it's imperative that a performer have some sex life that's just for her, no money, no cameras. Mm-hmm. And some of the women cannot let themselves have fun unless the camera makes it okay, the money makes it okay. Because they, they can't yet say, I want Blah blah. Yeah. Right. Okay. And that's and that the and money I, gives them like permission yeah, that they absolutely. wouldn't give themselves. Exactly so. Exactly right. so. And so some of the some of the women have actually very they don't have sex for fun and mm-hmm. for and that's just for them, for, mm-hmm. for relaxation. And that's mm-hmm. like, oh that's just gonna hurt your soul, sweetheart. I've How do you it. keep sex exciting for you? How do you keep it new and fresh? And or are you just one of those people that just like loves sex so much that it's always? I'm, I'm interested in sex always. So and because I'm not, I don't forget, I'm not in my private life. I'm not monogamous. Mm-hmm. So I'm married to Ernest Green. Yes. Um, since wow, the, how is he? By the way, he's fine. Next month is our legal 15th anniversary. Married and eight and uh, uh, this is our 18th year together. Wow, congratulations! Um, pretty. Like, what? <laughs> um, and. 
And I have to say, I miss sitting next to you guys at the Hustler Christmas Ball. Yeah, we used to always share a we table did, together. Yeah, yeah did, it was fun. Where were you this year? We were there. I haven't been invited oh. to that thing in years. <laughs> I don't know why I think you're a friend of Teresa's, but anyway. Um, it's totally fine. I haven't worked for Hustler in a long time. <coughs> I mean, I certainly don't have anything against them. I yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, you know so, how it is. I, I, no. Comes and goes. Whatever do you mean? <laughs> um, so <clears throat> I'm a novelty junkie, which is why one of the things I love about porn is mm. like, I like, if I'm not going to be arrested, or injured, or made ill, I like not knowing anything else about you. Mm. And like, what are we going to do today? Mm-hmm. What do you like to do? So then, so then becomes a, the Venn diagram interview. Mm. So here's the, here's the Venn diagram, the circle of what you like, and here's the circle of what I like. And then, then is there anything that overlaps? And for some so people, people. Do you ask people before the scene? Like, oh, what yes, for into? sure. So here's, so now when I work with people, um, I've been doing this for years. The most important, so for me, because it's not romance, mm-hmm. we are working from the outside in. Mm-hmm. So then we have to start with boundaries and behavior. So at first mm-hmm. I say, what are things I should never do to you? Mm-hmm. You know, with the guys besides anything in your butt, what are mm-hmm. things that should never do to you? Mm-hmm. And are there words I should never say? Mm-hmm. And are there things you particularly like? And are there words you like? Mm-hmm. So my favorite, my favorite example of the word thing is Ginger Lynn. Mm. So whore and slut. Mm-hmm. In your mind, in my mind, they're very close together. Mm-hmm. You know, they're both words used by the dominant culture to shame women who are having sexual behavior of which we don't approve. So I get so once I call you, once you're cla- classified as a whore or a slut, I no longer need to respect you. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So whore, slut, whatever. Those are dirty words, the right. naughty words. Ooh, right. you dirty. But ginger, no, 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 no. They are ten miles apart mm. because in her lexicon, sluts mm-hmm. do it for fun. Mm-hmm. Or love and horse do it for money. Interesting. So she's a slut. She is not a whore. Okay. But she's a slut and she's a happy, proud slut. So yeah. Like, okay. So, so I need. I just need to know. So semantics are important to her, right? For, and, and semantics. So are you a good girl or a bad girl? Mm-hmm. You know. So so what 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 words make you feel happy, safe, seen, sexy, and what words make you go, oh my god, what a gig? Yeah. I, I got a smile now. Yeah. I, I, I cause, because personally, since I take no one's sexuality personally, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to me what you need or don't need. I mm-hmm. need to know. Yeah. So that you're seeing, so I'm, I'm here to facilitate you to have the best scene possible. Mm-hmm. I've been taking control in scenes since the beginning, and now mm-hmm. that I'm older, it's really much easier mm-hmm. because people expect me to. Do you only dominate in scenes? I don't sub. I don't bottom on camera. Okay. I mean, I, if I'm if I'm getting dick by a dude, it's a kind of bottoming because mm-hmm. it's not the love making I want to have mm-hmm. at home. But it's performative sex, and I get mm-hmm. it. I told you, I pre, I understand that the sex on camera is not the sex you have at home. Mm-hmm. It is a cart- I tell people it's live action cartoons like like Transformers or or Superman, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, so, so straight sex on camera, and they don't even do cunnilingus anymore, hardly ever, unless it's a lesbian movie. And right? They did. They used to used to used to be oral sex both ways. Now it's almost always oral sex, mm-hmm. just for <clears throat> pardon me, fellatio. Yeah. But the men are so bad at it, I don't really care. Yeah. You know, it's like, eh, okay. I always make the guys go down on a girl. Good for you. I yay, you. You know, no, please do, please do. No, yay. And they're lousy at it. I yeah. mean, it did, it, 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 they just, it just, you know what? I'd rather not do it than have to act for the next six minutes that you're mm-hmm. somehow doing a good job because you are just so bad at this. You know what Mick Blue did once um, in a scene that we shot for my website with Gina Valentina, which I loved, which I hadn't seen before. And you know how, like, when you've been working in the industry so long, like, you've seen everything. So you're like, oh, reinvent the wheel. But he actually did the cum shot where he came on her and then he went down on her and he made her come. Yay, him. I loved that. Yeah, that. And I totally didn't expect that. No, you know, because like, he's a real married guy who really loves his wife and has yes. real love sex in his life. Yes. A lot, a lot of the men don't have love sex in their life. Do you find that like the European, I've heard some people say that the European performers are different than the American performers. Oh, sure. The European performers as a general rule are much more confident in their masculinity than mm-hmm. the American performers. They're much more 
clear about their role and what their job is on mm-hmm. the set. Yeah. Um, and they take great pride in being good lovers. Mm-hmm. It's a pride pride thing. Yes, and Americans, that. it's like American men don't want too much feelings with their sex mm-hmm. because then that's gay or weak or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, don't forget, and also we, you totally know this <laughs> that porno was very homoerotic, even in the so-called straight scenes. Mm-hmm. You have one chick. So, so, so take for example a gangbang. Yeah. And if Ernest, Take, for example, a triple anal. There's more. Your dick at that please, point please, is touching more than Please, Okay, okay, okay. So Ernest talks about this all the time. So penis in a vagina, very, very straight. Right. Penis in a female anus, straight-ish. A double penetration where you have one penis in a vagina, one penis in an anus. Super close. You both got your own socket, but you can feel you can feel each other. Double vag is gayer, but still a vagina, so it's still a girl. And double anal is gay because a butt's a butt's a butt. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but just say I can be by for a DP. I could be by for a, so the triple anal. It's like if you're not if so. I don't know how the guys, because the men on the straight side cannot say I'm a little bit bi-curious. I'm, I'm bi-ish. I'm yeah. bi-adjacent. I'm yes. not going to suck it, I'm not gonna, but I can do a DP and get off on that. So the, the semant- so yeah, it's very, very It's gay. not even like how they see themselves. It's also <clears throat> to how some other girls in the industry would they, see them. That for sure. And there's that thing. It's like testing is testing is testing. Mm-hmm. You know, And a lot of the people on the gay side don't test, but if you're going to fuck me, you have to test. Right. Because that's what, how we do it over here in right. my country. Yes. And a negative test is a negative test. I right. mean, yeah. Um, but I do know the, st- the stigma is still a bit there. It, it's starting to melt a little bit. Yes. But we, until you see a bi scene, a boy-boy bi scene, a boy-boy girl bi-ish scene mm-hmm. in an otherwise so-called straight movie. Because mm-hmm. female bisexuality is not considered gay. No, it's not at all. Um, and Even like girl-girl scenes. No, yeah, no. On their no. Own. And Sin Sage is 100% girl-girl player. Uh, Lily Cade, 100% girl-girl player. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are gold star lesbians. These are just, mm-hmm. you know, although I think Sin Sage on her Justine Jolie, Justine, mm-hmm. she never ever did a boy on camera. They they asked her, they offered her five figures to oh, do sure. dick on camera. She's like, what part of I don't do boys on camera are you not getting? Yeah. So she always had a good sense of nah, 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 not doing that. Yeah. And most girls, ten grand, um, okay, no, no. So the woman, the women who are dedicated girl, girl players, I really admire them. Mm-hmm. So, but, but I got into porn because that's where the naked ladies were, mm-hmm. and it was all the fun of dating and not the hassle. Because if I met you on a set, you'd already said yes. So I didn't have to. I'm so socially awkward. Yeah, you didn't like, have to like introduce yourself. And, and, and in the eighties, casuals, no, they wanted to move in. The, the joke, you know, what, what, what said, what do the lesbians, what do lesbians bring? bring on their second date? A U haul, and what do gay gay men bring on a second date? I don't know what second date, (laughs) right? So I love I love porn because these are adventurous and women who are out for a good time and Mm -hmm. and fun. And a lot of them in the eighties, they 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 also they smoked and they drank, did drugs, things I didn't do. It's like Mm -hmm. uh, I barely smoked pot back then. I was sober on all my sets. I didn't. I I do not alter my consciousness for work because I like I need to be there. Yes. Um. So these are like, whoa, these are. Bad, not bad, but it's like whoa, women. I working class women. I did had. I didn't know working class people growing up. I'm from from a college town, mm-hmm. so I had all this class privilege. I didn't know about all this class prejudices. I didn't know about mm. and all this class. It's like whoa, okay, got it. I am book smart, but I have no street smarts. Zero, mm-hmm. none. Yeah, and uh, but still, I still liked it. So I could then also I loved about porn. It's I could talk about sex and not have it be inappropriate or mm-hmm. Nina, God, you know. It's like no, this is my job. It's like. Oh. Yeah. So I got into porn because that's where, because sex is my topic. Yeah. My dad once asked me, 
why sex? Why not the violin? <laughs> and because the wire that got put into what will your life thing be, mm-hmm. it, it could have been with, I'm clearly a person who was designed to study something her whole life. Mm-hmm. So, um, bacteriology, uh, tapestry repair, uh, <laughs> primatology, uh, midwifery, um, and sex. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, because my, my sex drive, my physical sex drive is actually quite low in mm. terms of my vulva saying, you must feed me something. No. <laughs> I never, I had girlfriends who would climb out of their windows at night in high school to go looking for trouble. It's like, mm-hmm. never occurred to me. Mm. To, I had all the freedom. I, I was living with my parents since yeah. I was 13, 14, 15. And I never thought to go catting out at round at night. I, think mm-hmm. I had all the freedom in the world and never used it. And other girls were held down tight. Isn't it know? funny how that happens, though? You know, the, the it's, it's funny, too, because a lot of girls that I talk to that are in the industry, a lot of them come from conservative backgrounds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yes, very much. They're, they're refugees from, from religion. Um, and I often think, you know, you know, what if this biological package had been raised in Ohio or mm-hmm. a religious community or in a different well, mm-hmm. how, how would my trajectory have changed yeah. for, because it, well, it was because when and where I was born and raised that I found my way to porn mm-hmm. I wouldn't have found it otherwise because right. uh, so I'm going to nursing school I started stripping I found it my, the fir- one of the first girls I ever had a crush on in high school I ran into her on the N streetcar going to San Francisco State <clears throat> and she was already in the 80s now already visibly tattooed mm-hmm. clearly an art capital A artist queer person mm-hmm. and she told me about the um, Sutter Street Cinema which was an adult theater in San Francisco they had amateur night and you can get a gig and, and so I went home to my then boyfriend um, I was living in the three way then and um and it was exciting to him, and so mm-hmm. I ended up um, winning the amateur night there, mm-hmm. and getting a job in the peep booth, peep room, which was like, <sighs> talk about the the clouds parting and the, and the god light coming down. It's mm. like this, this, this is everything I wanted. And then um, I stayed there for about a year, and then I moved. I did the amateur night at the Mitchell Brothers Theater, the big sex emporium in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They're like six different rooms. Mm-hmm. And I, so for two years, I worked every Saturday night as a stripper and went to school Monday through Friday to nursing school. And um, then in 84, during summer break, I started, in March of 84, I made my first movie with uh, uh, Juliet Anderson. Mm-hmm. And, but I had wanted to make movies, so I saw my first porno in 1976. Mm-hmm. And I made my first movie in 1984. Mm-hmm. But I want, had wanted to do the porn since, since I was 17, since right. I saw it as a performative thing. I was in I did theater in high school and dance and the whole, I mean, very artsy person. Right. So, um, so for me, porn was just a really great place to be because it was a safe place to be sexual. And I could turn it on and off. So mm-hmm. I leave the set. I'm not. I don't worry about it. But I'm on set. I get to be interested in sex. I'm not being inappropriate. Mm-hmm. I'm not being rude. I'm being. So my interest in fem- you female. You could be who you. I were. could be yeah. And I could be my interest in females was considered a positive. I was also swinging a lot at the time. Mm. Um, and in the '80s, and the swing in the '80s were my 20s. Mm-hmm. So the swing clubs, swing parties. I was always 20 years younger than the next female. Mm-hmm. You know, cause my parents laughed because they said that they would go to these swinging parties and they would sometimes they'd be like the best looking people there. Of course, oh, and yeah. then like they'd have like they'd, they'd have people calling them to like come back. They'd be like, "Oh God, we don't want to go back there" because they like didn't want to fuck anyone there. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So, um, but luckily, I was very exhibitionistic and very forward. I mean, mm. like I like the giant, the, the large breed golden retriever jumping up on your on your shoulders and licking your face. Mm-hmm. My manners were, I realize now, were not good, mm-hmm. but because I was cute and young and sexy and female. Mm-hmm. 
it was considered okay and fun yeah. and, and goofy. Right. Looking looking at it now, it's like, wow, boundary crossing much, Nina? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so rules were different then. The right. whole idea. Uh, but I, I love swinging, um, and I my first marriage was, you know, overall a disaster, but... But porn um, was my safe place. So mm-hmm. when I was on stage or on set or at conventions, they did not attempt to control how what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we were home, um, it was a very emotionally not healthy, <clears throat> not healthy mm-hmm. um, uh, relationship. And tw- I left after 20, after twenty years. Wow. So don't about so how does it keep sex interesting for me in private? I'm really a novelty junkie, and so when I got with Ernest, Ernest is a um, cis het dominant person who does not switch. Mm-hmm. So in the bedroom, he likes to be the boss, mm-hmm. and he sticks to women who like him being the boss, and mm-hmm. everyone has a good time. So for me, if I like you, one long weekend, we're good. It's lovely, mm-hmm. and, and and there's nothing more for me here. I can tell because me and vanilla guys don't—they're not deep enough for me. Mm. Vanilla men are perfectly sexy and lovely, and they mm-hmm. need to meet with vanilla partners mm-hmm. who find that level of sex exciting. Right. Um, I am sexually super alt, mm-hmm. and so so I'm a, I call myself a top heavy switch. Okay. Most of the time, I'll probably be in charge because mm-hmm. my age, my nature, and the fact that I'm probably more experienced than you. Mm-hmm. But if you really have a good mojo, I'm happy to have you drive the bus. Mm-hmm. But you have to be a really good bus driver. Right. But if you're a good bus driver, dude, I love being a passenger. Yeah, <laughs> show me a good time. I'm, I'm down for that. Absolutely. Um, and so Ernest... You know, he's been, he's 66, he's been kinky, he's been kinky, kinky his whole life, but been having kinky sex for 50 years. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. And he's also non-monogamous, he's not jealous or possessive. So when I left my first marriage, I was sure that I was going to be single because finding a heterosexual man who's not jealous or possessive mm-hmm. and is interesting sexually, I wasn't going to find that. Yeah. Um, full disclosure... From 1991 to 1992, I did have an affair with Ernest, and instead of breaking up with my exes, I broke up with him, and had and so eight years later, I finally left my marriage, and mm-hmm. Ernest and I have been together ever since. Mm-hmm. But what keeps it interesting is the fact that he never gets tired of being in charge. Mm-hmm. He never gets tired of being the person who figures out what's next, and mm-hmm. I love being taken for a good ride, and with mm-hmm. a partner like him, he's so experienced. He, he's had more women than I have, and that's really hard to do. <laughs> It's really hard to do, uh-huh. right? And more importantly, he is as fully... All I want from any sexual partner, from vanilla to no, what, really? Yeah. Is for that person to own who they are and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Be your bad self. Yeah. Be your vanilla self. Be your... As long as you do it with consenting adults, I don't care what you do. Just somebody authentic and confident in who they are. Authentic, authenticity is where I'm at. And yeah. Ernest is 100%. He's, there's no shame in his game. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, I like that in a partner. Right. Um, and... Plus, we're age appropriate. We're culturally congruous. Mm-hmm. We are politically aligned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so all, all those other things that make partnership okay. Yeah, he's not just a good fuck. Yeah, uh, yeah although yeah. he's an amazing. And, and we have lots of threesomes, and I'm I'm fully enable him. We have lots of threesomes with submissive female partners. We mm-hmm. show them a great time. I make sure that he has other submissive partners alone because he also, he likes all the flavors of domination. Mm-hmm. And so with me, he gets this wedge, and then with her, he gets to do so just other things. And then mm-hmm. I have lots of sex. I have lots of sex with lesbians. He doesn't need to be there for that because mm-hmm. 
and he's not into lesbians. Yeah. Like, you know, he does yeah. And um, if I want to peg a guy, that's elsewhere. Mm-hmm. If I want to have vanilla sex with a guy, that's elsewhere. Just, mm-hmm. So I get to have, so I like, I'm polymorphously perverse. Mm-hmm. Naked adults, where, where, where? <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Yes, yes. Hold your hat. Hold I love it. that you like have still so much excitement for it. Oh, it is. so much just, passion for it. And that comes from the midwifery part because turns out, you might not know this, but sex and babies are related. No. I know. Crazy. I thought they came from storks. I know. Crazy, That's right. what I was told. So as a midwife, um, as a feminist, I wanted to help women with their birth experience mm-hmm. because that in the 70s, it was, it was beginning the beginning of the natural birth movement and the taking away from medicalization of it into, hey, this is something bodies you can do. You know that my mom used to be a midwife too, right? I would love to we've, talk to her about that. Talked, oh my no, I, I like haven't. Talked, yeah, that, that's so cool. So midwifery is super important. It's very empowering. If I if I wasn't a professional sex person, I'd be a midwife or a doula. You mm-hmm. know, that those you know. Yeah. So it's, so for me, it was going to be body based something. Yeah. If I wasn't queer, it was going to be I was going to be a dance therapist, or massage therapist, or you mm-hmm. know something to do with the soma, the body, mm-hmm. and our relationship to it. Um, I'm going somewhere with that. Damn it, Jim. <laughs> that's okay. I do that all the time. The, I always lose my train of thought. Oh darn. Um, so the you're talking about midwifery. You're talking about Ernest. Oh, so, so the so the baby. So baby. So it turns out though, I like about. So I call myself midwife to pleasure. Mm-hmm. So in an assuming a healthy birth with no complications, mm-hmm. all the mother needs is proper support. Mm-hmm. Have you ever helped someone have a baby? No. It's super cool. If you've got a chance. A horse. No, no. It's you know, not a horse. But, but still, so, so in, in, in a human person, you know, again, barring a healthy pregnancy and mm-hmm. it's going wrong, it's just a matter of time and support her body. Her body can do this. Mm-hmm. Women's bodies have been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so you sing some, you chant some, you walk some, you nap some, you put in the shower, no, the tub, do you breathe some, and you massage some, and you chant some, and you walk some, and you nap some. So you just, you just keep supporting her until the baby gets there. Mm-hmm. With pleasure, it's the same thing. A body mm-hmm. can have pleasure. Mm-hmm. Now, all the layers of things in the way, trauma, culture, conditioning, all mm-hmm. but Given the correct supportive environment, a, a body can have pleasure. Mm. So what I learned to do is get my ego, so consenting adults, check. So whatever you need to get off, I have no opinion about. Mm-hmm. Your body needs what it needs. Mm-hmm. I like this. You like that. Right. You, 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 you pull my hair. Don't pull my, it, it, your, your body needs these sensations mm-hmm. to get to the point where you can have a climax. Mm-hmm. I don't care why you need, I don't care, it doesn't matter why you like what you like. Mm-hmm. It matters that you know what you like. Have you ever had anybody who didn't know what they liked and you kind of helped them mm-hmm. learn and experience and find their own sexuality? I've, like, have you guys ever had anybody, like a submissive that you trained or anything like that? No, we don't, we don't do submissive training. We, we, we play with, with adult women who want to experience what's it like being, you know, being the center of all that attention mm-hmm. because the submissive is the center of all the attention. Mm-hmm. So the dominant sets the agenda, the submissive sets the mood. Mm. Okay. Um, and but we have never taken on. We he's not. He doesn't do slave training. Doesn't do orgasm training. He mm-hmm. doesn't. Uh, yeah. Bleh. He's in charge. Too much work. <laughs> bingo, bingo. So he's in charge while we're playing. Mm-hmm. So from the time we sit down with the smut and the joint and whatever until the time we're done, about three hours, mm-hmm. he's the boss. Mm-hmm. 
and it's all a fun game. Everyone's having a good time, and it's mm-hmm. no punish, no punishment dynamic. It's like, no, we beat you because we like to, and you like yeah. it too. So that's right. why. That's why. So we don't. We right. know, no one's been a bad girl. Ah, I yeah. hate. We hate punishment dynamic. Mm. And when we're not playing, you're an adult female person who can come and go as she pleases. Mm-hmm. And when you're not with us, you do whatever it is you do. We really don't. We cannot care what you do. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I got me to love to really trust him is that he said. What you do with your body when I'm not there, I don't care. Hmm. Tell me more. Because most people, especially men, but most people in our culture, yeah. they feel that they get to control your behavior when we're not together. Yes. Now, you, if you and your partner have a monogamy agreement, perfectly fine. That's what works for you. But then within that, what kind of monogamy? Can I flirt? Can I dance with anybody else? Can I have a coffee date? So what, what, can I look at other women? Right, can, I can, I look, can I point out other attractive people to yeah. you? So people, so people often are told, because it's sex, if you love me, since we love each other, I get to control you. It's like, that's not loving mm-hmm. to me. Yes. For me, loving is finding a person who has values similar to mine. So, and that you guys can trust each other right. enough. To- I mean, so, so and non-monogamy is not better than monogamy. Mm-hmm. It's not more evolved. It's the correct relationship style for people who are not monogamous by orientation. So for me, monogamy is one orientation. Mm-hmm. Gay, straight, or bind is another orientation. Mm-hmm. Being anal or not is an orientation. Mm-hmm. High libido, low libido, um, easy orgasm, difficult orgasm, modest or exhibition in it. So all, all kinds, all the many layers of orientation, they all have to click together mm-hmm. for, for, you know, for, and most important things have to match for a partnership to even be able to, to potentially grow. Right. Um, well, they're mixed orientation marriages, so you know I'm in a mixed orientation marriage. My husband mm-hmm. is cis, het, straight, mm-hmm. dom, and I'm like, hey, naked people wear, yeah, right. But we have enough other things in common mm-hmm. that we can make it work as as an actual relationship. Um, and for me, the the most important thing that we had going on was the non monogamy thing. Right. I was never, ever, ever, ever going to party with a jealous person ever again. Yeah, yeah. Full stop. I, I'd have cats. I'd have lots of cats. Yeah, no, it's, it's I've, had, I've been in relationships where I've had a possessive or jealous partner and it just like, it, it's awful. It's the worst. You it feel, and, and it creates the opposite reaction, especially for me. It, I push you away. Thank because you. Because the minute I start to feel trapped, then I start to act out. But no if you way. give me all the freedom in the world and you trust night. me, I'll come over every I'll night. never cheat on you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Ernest is the same way. If he says he won't cheat, if he says he won't fuck anybody else, he's not gonna fuck anybody else. Yeah. Um, and but jealousy for me is a is a hard limit. Mm-hmm. Tickling's a hard limit. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a basic porno five hard limits. Okay. Blood, poop, animals, kids, death. Mm-hmm. Then my personal additions onto that are mm-hmm. um, clowns, tickling, and like, dull baby. I like clowns. Oh I kind of have a weird clown fetish. You know, yeah, yeah. I kind I, of want to have sex with an ing, but he's got to be angry. I want an angry clown. Interesting. Will your Will your partner dress up? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, I don't damn think it, you damn. would ever do yeah, that. Yeah, I get no it. way. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> um, so, um, Ernest, I'm not scared of clowns. But I don't find them sexy. Um, and Ernest, is, <clears throat> Ernest is definitely has the clown phobia that so he doesn't not. <laughs> but you think, but you think about it, you know, think about clowns and little kids. So you're a little kid, you're what, two, three, four, five years yeah. old, and this weird person with a funny face comes and goes and get, get in your face, yes. in your space, in and your makes th- these exaggerated and, and, and honks. It's like, I'd cry too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, you realize how they're supposed to be fun, and no, they're actually really terrifying. <laughs> they look like monsters. Um, so, but I never had. So I don't have a thing for clowns. Um, oh, I remember one thing I wanted mm. to ask you about. I had um, sex nerd Sandra on, Sandra mm. on, and we were talking about you, and we were talking about um, orgasms, and we were talking about how like I've never had like a internal like stimulate like orgasm from penetration. Like I've only had like clitoral stimulation, and I think we were talking about different. <laughs> kinds of orgasms and what actually you could what could be identified as an orgasm and 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 she was talking about how like maybe our general idea of what an orgasm is maybe there are other like smaller orgasms that you could have. Well, certainly the big orgasms is, is the pelvic floor contractions right. and 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 things and that's what I identify as an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Um I tried for years to become multi-orgasmic because mm-hmm. women can be multi-orgasmic, yeah. so they said. And so I felt bad for years. Like, well, am I not relaxed enough? I'm not embracing my pleasure. Mm-hmm. Am I not entering my space, taking my things? Mm-hmm. You know, why, why, why can't I come become? So I did a lot of digi- diligent masturbation practice mm-hmm. at, you know, trying to become more orgasmic. I did notice that my moment of pleasure got bigger and longer and used to, my first, my first, Couple of years of orgasms. Orgasms were not pleasurable. Mm-hmm. They were events. Oh, mm. pulse, pulse, pulse. That must be an orgasm. But it wasn't fun. It wasn't. It was just work. Mm-hmm. So it took me a long time to relax into pleasure and just really stay with it. Mm-hmm. And so my orgasms. So that moment of inevitability and then orgasm used to be a, a millisecond between it's going to happen and happening. And then I could. Oh, it's going to happen. Then I over years I learned how to make that last as long. But so still, your orgasms but, themselves last longer. My one. Okay. I still only have one. And, and, and once I've had an orgasm, my vulva is done. Thank you very much. Same. I like. So I, I get oversensitive. Yes, I like, like, don't. Don't. Don't, don't even. I've, yeah. My hands, my mouth, still available. I'll spank you. I'll help it. Uh, we're done here. Yeah. So I. So same. I have, I'm like a dude. I have one orgasm. And for me, once I come, I'm pretty much done. I'm, yeah. And in terms of and how much energy it takes. In terms of my vulva saying, I need once a week is fine. Yeah. And I have friends who masturbate two or three times a day. It's like, I don't even know what it's like to have sensations coming from my vulva that do that. It's like, yeah. what, 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 what yeah. is that? What, what is that? I would like to know what that might be like. Mm-hmm. So in my next life, I'd like to experience several things. What's it like to be monosexual? Mm. Meaning only attracted to one gender. Because I'm just like, everybody over 18 is like interesting to me. <laughs> so that, so there's that. So what's it like to be only gay or only straight? Mm-hmm. Huh. What's it like to be monogamous? Mm-hmm. I just don't, I have absolutely no, it's strictly intellectual practice for me. Mm-hmm. Because I've never, ever had yeah, I never dreamt of him. I always dreamt of them. I never, always them, never him. Mm-hmm. And then, what's it like to be able to have orgasms from vaginal intercourse? Mm. And I yeah. know, I know, of people who can do this. Like, wow, how did that fuck? Yeah. And so it's not, it's not fake. It's not something that men fantasize about. Some, but orgasms are a physiological response mediated by the brain. So it's like a sneeze. So I need a lot of pepper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other people don't need hardly any pepper. Beep, yeah, ping, ping, ping. Yeah. My ex girlfriend, she could come every five minutes for as long as you fucked her. Yeah, I mean, like, 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 like here's an ex- great example: kiss of sins, like multiple orgasms to the point where, like, when we shoot, like I remember when I shot her and a boy girl with Johnny Sin, she's like, "Can we do all the standing positions first? Because I orgasm so much that my knees are going to give out. That's adorable. So I need to do the standing stuff first because I'll be too weak towards the end of the scene I to be know. able to stand because I would have come so much. I'm like, I am so jealous of you. What? What is that? So. I, so in any combination, <clears throat> monosexual, monogamous, and vaginal orgasmic, this has got to, this is, what's that like? My sister is all those things. Mm-hmm. And, and she likes sex just fine. It's like, mm-hmm. but I, 
And yeah. she'll, well, she and I are talking, we'll go, we're related? She read my book, it's like, my sister knows this stuff? Yeah. Because <laughs> she's never, you know, she's a serial monogamist, yeah. right? Because she's someone, when she's in love, she doesn't want, and, and K- K- Ginger, when she's in love, she doesn't want anybody else. Mm-hmm. Candy Dorel, when she was in love, she only wanted one man. It's like, wow, does that work? Yeah. I don't know. Now, there are people who, when they're in love, they may want other people, but they realize that my agreement is monogamy, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to be a, a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be that person. Right. So... There's 20% of people who are naturally monogamous. It's never, it's not a ball and chain. It's it's fabulous. They love it. It's great. It's fully satisfying. Mm-hmm. And then 20% of people like Ernest and me, fully mm-hmm. non-monogamous, but also deeply bonded as a partner, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then 60% of people are struggling with where, how do I best manifest my sexual expression mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't hurt anybody, fits my value. Mm-hmm. And then we can't all get everything we want. Mm-hmm. And that's just mating. That's just, you know, once you partner with someone, you do start, other other doors start closing. Mm-hmm. And how you feel about those doors closing means a lot. Is it mm-hmm. okay that they're closing or if you're, are you frantic that they're closing? Right. If you're frantic that they're closing, maybe you're not with the right partner. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you start growing together, start really braiding your lives together, mm-hmm. things get pruned. Yeah. And, and, you, and, and things, so back, you know, 10 years ago, things I really, really wanted. It's like, I, I, if they came around now, I probably could easily say no. Yeah, and so how badly do I want to think badly because I want it, or am I manifesting other distress and it's and it's manifesting like this desire? Mm-hmm. So what's what also, so I want X. What's underneath the want? Is it something mm-hmm. that can be satisfied elsewhere without you breaking your bound your your vows? Right, right. You right. know, um, and some things, and we don't get everything. We don't get everything we want. Yeah. Well, relationships are about compromise, right? But what you compromise on that—that's that's important because so, you got to recognize what what you can and what you can't. Being uh, my Fingers touching my nose and pointing at her. Yes, exactly. So for me, I was never going to compromise again on on jealousy and possessiveness. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. That's a hundred. Nope, nope. I don't care how good you are, rich you are, how beautiful your cock is. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah. So Ernest and I, we are fully on board on the important things, and the other things are for negotiation. Mm-hmm. And certain things I don't want anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm fifty nine. I'm not thirty five anymore. Mm-hmm. It just, it just, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to sex, for me. Every time I get to touch genitals, it's like, really? For me? <laughs> because my job as a nurse and as a conduit and as a facilitator of sexual health is to help each person into their body as deeply as they can go at mm-hmm. any one time. And if even being touched nicely once mm-hmm. lets you know there are people out there, you can be touched nicely. You don't mm-hmm. have to take this touch, which mm-hmm. is clumsy or bad or mean or not. Satisfying. Mm-hmm. There, you know. Here's what here's what it can be like when someone is paying attention to your body in a respectful manner, mm-hmm. with your pleasure in mind. Mm-hmm. And also, with most people, it's it's one way. I, I don't. I'm pretty much a stone top. I do not need. You don't need to do anything back to me, sweetheart. It's fine. <clears throat> I much, mm-hmm. much because <clears throat> on camera, if you're doing something to me, it's gonna be at least half acting. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just really. I can just. I have to act because for me, if I'm laying there still, you're doing something to me. And at home, I'm, it's not fun to look at. I'm very quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm totally happy. You're working my vulva and my mind, and with just and it's not theatrical. You know, I totally agree. When I'm yeah, when I'm like being eaten out or something like that, like right before I come, I go totally least, silent and very quiet, mm-hmm. and it's very very boring. You're super focusing. Yes, you're, you're, you're absolutely. Like, yeah. Ping. So yeah. so you're you're going to this mode of singularity. So yes. it's, and it's not theatrical. Right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So um, I don't go to work to have an orgasm. Mm-hmm. I go to work to give a good show, mm-hmm. to showcase um, good behavior, to showcase proper vulva, proper cunnilingus techniques, or <laughs> proper hand sex techniques. So mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm here. I'm basically a. 
I tell people I'm a Trojan. I've been a fifth columnist for 35 years. I'm a Trojan horse for queer culture. So I've been, I've been, I look so femme and normal that straight men will pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. But when I'm with women, I'm like a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And so if you are tuning into me as a male viewer, mm-hmm. watching me do her, you're going to pick up little things. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't watch my teaching tapes, which mm-hmm. I'm very proud of, but if you just watch me do regular porn, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of information there if you can get past the big hair. And if you look in the 80s movies, there were four women that had short nails. Myself, Erica Boyer, Sharon Kane. And Sharon Mitchell, the four queer ladies. I was going to say, is that how you knew like the girls that were actually into girls? Absolutely. Yeah, because so, when they have girls show up for girl-girl scenes and they come up with these daggers, I'm like, you are clearly not into you're the You're the pillow princess yeah. on your yeah, back lady. You are not, you're not really yeah, yeah. into girls. Not really, thank you. Yeah. So And so I get now lesbians in their 40s and 50s who will come up to me and say thank you so much because in the 80s when I was looking around, because there's, there's no pink and white productions and Shine Louise Houston <clears throat> hadn't, <clears throat> hadn't been invented yet, mm-hmm. right? And so in the 80s it was all men... Porn. So, lesbians who were trying to find out what they were at, they had to, they had to look through all the porn to find Sharon Kane, Nina Hartley, Erica Boyer, and Sherry Mitchell, who were clearly the 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 lesbo babes, um, right? Who all had short nails. Everyone else, and honestly, if you have long nails, on your back. <laughs> and, and, and I like pillow princess. I, I'm I, I love pillow princesses. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, sweetheart, you don't have to do anything back to me. I'm just having so much fun here. Honestly, <laughs> really, it's okay. And then of course with the Hitachi magic wand, I, you can get them close. And then in the end, I'll manage to hold, and you manage to clit, and then we'll all be happy. <laughs> and so this is why I want men not to be afraid of vibrators. Mm. It's like when in doubt, hand the girl a vibrator, cuddle her up in your lap, and, mm-hmm. and stroke her hair while she buzzes. I mean, it just porn is. Porn is live action cartoons. Right. Porn is not meant to be sex education. Right. And the biggest lie about porn is that women come that easily. Mm-hmm. And even if you are kisses sins. Um, <laughs> and also, with the, but the big damage that does to straight men is that all the all her pleasure and all his pleasure can only come from his penis. Hmm. Not the rest of his body. Now he doesn't. He, they don't use their hands very well. They're not taught how mm-hmm. to use their hands well. They use their mouths. There's so many other ways to please a partner than mm-hmm. your penis, which puts a lot of pressure on a very delicate part. Which so you and I, you know, vulvas are also emotionally attached, but mm-hmm. we can go dry or wet, and no one can tell. Mm-hmm. A little bit of lube, and we're good. Right. Men's emotional state are there for everyone to see. Yes. And it's really, really, really. Exposing, mm-hmm. which is which is why um, it's hard to find men in the business who are fun to work with, mm-hmm. who are just comfortable enough their erection so they can forget about them for a minute and actually play with you. Because in real mm-hmm. life, sex is about play. Right. You and I are having a good time. We have no time. Just whenever it happens. In a movie, it's much more structured. Okay, we have an hour. Yeah, exactly. And you have four positions and a pop. Yep. Yep. Moving on, you know. Yeah. So it's just so within that structure. Then how can I find playfulness? Nathan Bronson's a lot of fun. Evan Stone is a hoot. <laughs> he's a hoot. Um, uh, Jay uh, Crew is awesome. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's an older gentleman who's just a lot of fun, who likes women. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to find men in porn, and Shawn Michaels, of course. Hard to find men in porn who like women. Mm. Most men, they fuck women, mm-hmm. but they don't always like them. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And a lot of the men um, off camera, they don't maintain, they don't have female friends, they don't hang out with women. Mm-hmm. They fuck them at work, mm-hmm. but they don't, seek them out as friends or lovers off camera. Mm-hmm. And those are the men who I have difficulty with because mm-hmm. they're just... And you go on my no list. If, and you go on my no list if you got too big of a dick. It's like, you know. Yeah. I just work... I worked with Logan Long recently and he's a lovely, lovely guy with mm-hmm. a beautiful penis. Mm-hmm. Too big for me. Yeah. 
I, I tried like four different positions. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, see, I love that you say that because it dispels the myth that you know every guy thinks that like you have to have a huge cock to please women, and that's just not true. No, no, no. I actually don't. I agree with you. I don't like large penises either. They they're hurt. beautiful to look if at. If they're really big, they hurt. No, if they're really big, they're very photogenic. Yes. And I love to do a hand up blowjob. Right? Yeah. Did the cock worship and just yeah. really did all the. I love yeah, that's that. fun. Um, but I'm here. Nina's holding up two fingers. So this is my two fingers are three inches long. Mm-hmm. Half an inch thick and about an inch wide. So mm-hmm. if I can get a girl off of that in my mouth, no penis is quote unquote too small. Right. It's about what do you know what you're doing with it and to you know where you're going with it. Right. Because a vagina is not just a spot that you stick it in. Mm-hmm. I was listening to um, Hannah Hannah Gad Hannah Gadson Gadley a comic, mm. um, and she was an art history lesbian uh, comic from Tasmania. Brilliant. Uh, her show, by the way. Art history lesbian comic from Tasmania. Yeah. That's quite a title. She's, it's, it's amazing. So <laughs> her, her, her Netflix show is called Nanette. Okay. Brilliant. Absolutely the best. Wow. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. But she called, um, for her, looking at classical art, uh, she had a very big, funny bit about it, but she calls them flesh vases for your dick flowers. <laughs> Which is how, 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 how women were portrayed in, in Western art for so many years. Oh my years. God, that's so great. Yeah. <laughs> she was saying it not in a super nice way, because, yeah. but I... No, like, I can see oh, that it's not like I, a I, I, I get it. I get a flesh yeah. vase for your dick flower. Yeah. But if someone... And this is... A, so are you bi... You're certainly, if you're not bi, you're certainly bi comfortable. Because mm-hmm. you're with you're with a lot of you know bi girls, but growing up, the the a lot of the feminists they hated all the advertising, hate all the using sex for advertising. But when I see half naked women, I get happy and relaxed. Mm. So I never saw that as horrible mm-hmm. using sex. I mean, I don't like that we use sex to sell everything but sex, mm. right? We use sex to sell screwdrivers and cars and alcohol and all the things, yeah. you know. And we can't sell sex to sell the brothel. I mean, that, that right. that's a whole other. Conversation. Yeah, like even on Instagram, like you can't, like porn stars can't even put up pictures of themselves, like that don't show any nudity without like getting deleted. Sometimes, I mean, so many girls, it depends on how big they are, but sometimes girls will get like they'll get their pictures taken down if it's like them and their dog or something like that. Just like crazy stuff, you know, because they just have people who are so hyper focused on like reporting them and they're just, and Instagram is not very friendly generally towards I knew, I knew the about adult, that. The adult and, industry. I mean, but then like you'll have people that are, you know, like overly sexualized images, but as long as it's not selling sex, like you said, as long as it's selling beer or a hamburger or something like that, like that's okay. American culture and sex. Discuss. Yeah. Fucked up. <laughs> we can clearly talk for three more hours. I know, oh, right? Sesta Fosta. So this is really yes. important. So let's talk about um, that. Sesta is the Senate version of the um, Stop Enabling Sesta. C yes, Stop Enabling Sex Trafficking Act. Okay. And Fosta is um, Fosta is the House version. Same thing. So okay. what they did, um, what Sesta and Susie Q will have much more details about this, but SESTA and FOSTA changed a rule for internet service providers that made them liable for illegal ads placed on their services. So the reason you can't, you can't, so they're no longer being thought of common carriers. So Mm -hmm. the reason you can't sue AT&T if he gives me a dirty, dirty phone call is that, yo, 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 we're just a service, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for the longest time, ISPs were also just a service, Mm -hmm. air quotes run just a Mm -hmm. service. And so these two um, acts that were passed, 92, 98 to two, I mean, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Warren, who's supposed to be a big worker rights person, eh, 
against it. Kamala Harris, our California senator, she's a former prosecutor. She has been had a bugger butt about sex work for for decades. That's she made her career in that, and she voted for it. Bernie Sanders rah, voted for it. And honestly, if Hillary Clinton had been a senator, she probably would have voted for it because mm-hmm. it, it makes so much sense. We're against sex trafficking. Yeah. And and even though now sex workers are much more organized than they were even ten years ago, thanks mm-hmm. to the internet, um, and they had pl- there was plenty of agitation, plenty of information out there that this is going to hurt workers, this is going to hurt us. We are for people using Backpage and Craigslist mm-hmm. and, and Eros, it allowed street-based workers to move indoors they can screen their clients they can talk to the sex workers is this guy a jerk no he's a really good client mm-hmm. and it just you know, beware yeah the erotic so, review had like, it was, like it was, no, it was, no it's so so clients could talk to each other and women could talk to each other about clients it, mm-hmm. it was just it was a wonderful tool to help women screen and be more safe and be more independent they mm-hmm. no longer needed pimps mm-hmm. right so they right. Can, and they can move indoors off the street yay so mm-hmm. what i don't like about the sex attitude here in this culture, it's all about prohibition and never, same thing with drug use, it's never about harm reduction, it's yes. about prohibition um, because of our Puritan, our Puritan heritage, you know, it's bad, you shouldn't do it, taking into a fact that people are people and but people and, are going to do it, let's make this as safe, safe as, as we possible. can for can, people. Can we, so, yeah. yes, we would like to get people off of using needle drugs, but in the meantime, how about safe shooting places or needle exchange, so can we stop the hepatitis HIV thing? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, if we get them a little bit interested in being for their health, that's the first step to eventually becoming sober. And they do that in Europe. Please. And to start doing it in Canada, too, anyway. So don't get me started. <laughs> so the, so SESTA and FOSTA um, were our huge problems. And sort of Backpage shut down. Craigslist shut down. Um, Iraq Review shut down. My Red Book shut down. So now women are being forced back on the street where there have already been deaths. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, pimps are coming out of the woodwork, you know, now that, now that, they're coming back and saying, "Hey, so 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 because you need me so, now." So we're, so we're back to that. We're back to that. Taking away your independence. Back to that. So it's super, super. It's shaming. It is damaging. It is deadly. It is because um, so many sex workers, especially if you're queer or trans, um, you are already a marginalized person. Right. And if you're disabled, you know, so many sex workers are disabled. But you can set your own hours and, and decide, you know. What can I offer? What services mm-hmm. can I offer? So it's really very, very damaging. It's anti-worker. It's anti-woman. It is mean. It is dangerous. It is ill-advised. And it doesn't... And traffickers are already doing illegal shit, so they're going to keep doing illegal shit. Yeah, because was- because traffickers are doing illegal shit. Yeah. And so do you think the stopping... Of, of course, it's not going to stop trafficking. Does this uh, remind you of like the twenty two fifty seven law when it yeah. came in and it was about like, oh, we're going to? So the twenty two fifty seven law is saying that um, European people who don't have a American government issued state ID cannot do explicit um, work out here because we can't trust the French passport, right? Exactly, because they, they, they could be sex trafficking. The right, idea was to prevent yeah, sex, sex tra- trafficking. It has done nothing of the sort. Of course not, because yeah. because in the California pornography is, is legal. There is no reason for anyone in pornography to ever need an underage person. Yes. 18 years old one day is perfectly young enough. Yeah, n- none of there's us have no, any interest in no, shooting anybody under no, the age No, 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 no. I mean, one thing about porn, we've had what we've had for 25 years, a standing $10,000 reward for any information leading to the arrest of a child pornographer. We've had to pay it twice, I think. Mm. Um, um, I think I even ugh, Bill Margold won it once and just gave the money back. Mm. Did one good thing. Okay, fine. <laughs> Nina, stop. He's still dead. <laughs> Sorry. So SESTA FOSTA are really, really bad. They're dangerous laws. They are 
So are they um, campaigning to get the decision reversed? Or um, it, it, I don't know what's next for that. It's just these are passed, passed by the Senate and the House. I don't know. First, some a, like new, a, a new bill have to be introduced and then mm. sponsored, and it's not going to go because we hate sex. We, it, because America, you can't get America America to rally behind. You cannot absolutely, absolutely, absolutely not, absolutely not. Even the sex workers themselves, many of whom have college educations, you know, are 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 saying very concrete, clear, not just bad. Stop. It's like no. Mm -hmm. Here is why, and Mm -hmm. they and they warned people this was going to happen, and it happened, and it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it's a real shame. Well, thank you so much, Nina, for coming on. Thanks for having and me. Thank you for sharing everything and telling us about the Sesta Fossa thing. I cool. think that's very important. And it's always such a pleasure having I'll you. I'll never on. come back. I'll never come back. Yeah, um, I know. I like honestly, we could sit here for another three hours because I know probably. your wealth of information. And I hate the sound of my own voice. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Nina Land. Yeah, I love Nina. how you like preempted You're my right, question. Right. You already knew. Nina Land. My not safe for work site is nina.com. I am building a new non-explicit site that will be for education, counseling, consulting. Um, that's going to launch probably the next 30 to 60 days. Okay. Do you have um, a URL for it? It's going to be, I think... I think it's Nina Nation, but okay. I'm or Nina Live. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. Okay. I, well, if people I follow send, you on I, social Twitter, media, I'll be blasting it as soon as, as soon as there's a place to send people. I'll be sending them there. <laughs> um, I I love what I do. I, I'm not sorry I picked porn. I'm sorry for two things: that I stayed in my first marriage as long as I did. Mm-hmm. I could have been out in '92, but I stayed till 2000 because mm-hmm. apparently I had an affinity for suffering because mm-hmm. I, I really needed to suffer some more. We never get out of relationships yeah. when we're supposed to. Oh, it's pl- always much later. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, what you said? Yeah. What, she, what she said, people. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I would have taken an interest in the business side sooner. Mm. Okay. Like I knew I was a lifer, mm-hmm. and if I had if I had decided or cared to learn about business, mm-hmm. I would be a mogul. I would, I would be financially successful and secure right now as mm-hmm. opposed to a working actress. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sorry I picked porn because sex is so important. Yeah. Um, uh, it's so important. That, yeah. That, uh, well, and I think you're in a really important figure to have in the industry and you're a great representation for you know somebody who can be in the industry for a long time and can be successful and can have a career with longevity and, 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 and educate people. And a satisfying and, personal relationship. Yes, exactly. Oh, and I forgot, oh my God. My, I'm also um, a member of the Woodhull Freedom Alliance, Woodhull alliance.org w-o-o-d-h-u-l-l alliance.org and it's a human it's an organization that works at the intersection of human rights and sexual rights and I'm on the board we're having our sexual freedom summit um, in D.C. the first weekend of August if you go to woodhullalliance.org you'll find out all about it I'm doing a workshop Um, it's a great amazing networking place for sex posies of all fields therapists and teachers and doctors and educators and workers and all things it's really great you'd like it too I'm sure yeah, and sounds you can, fantastic. And, and you can also find a year's worth of podcast guests um, if you can do podcasts by phone. Um, we're in years worth of podcast guests there. Oh, it's, wow. a, it's incredible. Just, I'll write it down for you. Okay, you can write it down for me. Yeah. <laughs> Just check it out for yourself and see if you like the idea. Awesome. I will. Thank you Wood so much. Hall Alliance ORG. Uh, first 
week and we can in do August, right? August. Okay, great. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you so much, Nina. And uh, you guys can follow me on Holly Randall at Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Oh. Um, you can also go to iTunes, leave me a review, leave me a five-star rating. That would be so appreciated. And thank you guys so much for joining me on my first my first year of journey into the podcasting world. And thank you for being my like one year anniversary well, yay. interview. So I'm your 52nd interview. You, yes. Yeah. That's super exciting. It is exciting. And um, we will be back in a month, guys. So I'm taking a month off. We'll be back in a month. And I've got a great guest already lined up for my first episode of season two. So make sure you can you share who it is. In. Yes, it's Nicolette Shea. <gasps> she was actually just on before you left. So yay! But um, it was a really good interview. But that'll come out. Um, yeah, in August. Fantastic. So thank you guys so much, Nina. Thank you so much. Thank and you. And we'll see you guys in a month. Woohoo! Bye. Bye. Well, just as I thought, that was an incredibly informative interview. I love, you know, how well-informed Nina is on so many relevant topics today. I love that she's an advocate for sex positivity, for sex workers. And I love the fact that she's been in the industry for a long time. So she knows about a lot of the old stories that I heard about from my parents, like the Freeman case and stuff like that. So it's always so fascinating for me to talk to somebody who's, you know, been in the industry for such a long time and has seen so much change. So thank you so much, Nina, for coming on. And thank you guys so much for being a part of Holly Randall Unfiltered and for listening to my podcast and for subscribing to my podcast. Um, I am taking a one-month hiatus for the summer, but I will be back in August. So make sure that you guys keep an eye out for that. And my first interview in August is going to be the incredible Nicolette Shea, and you guys are going to love it. So season two will start in August. Thank you guys so much for being a part of season one. And you know, if you just started listening to the show and you're kind of bummed that I'm not coming out with any new episodes for a month, go back in time. I have so many great episodes to listen to if you guys haven't heard them all. Um, off the top of my head, let me recommend, first of all, my first episode, which is Meet My Parents, which I interviewed my parents. That's personally my favorite one. Um, the next one was with Lisa Ann. That was, was incredible. Some of my funniest episodes have been um, Ryan Keeley and Jelena Jensen, Cherie DeVille and Aaliyah Love, Mike Quasar, Kate Quigley, um, I've just had some really, really funny people on. I've also had some really informative episodes such as Sex Nerd Sandra. Obviously, the one I just did with Nina Hartley was really interesting. Lena Paul was incredible. Angela White was incredible. Really, really intelligent girls with a lot to say about the industry. There's just so much, so much great material. So go back, go listen to some old episodes. Um, there's some really great ones and that'll help fill your time for the next month. And I promise I will be back. And thank you guys so much for being a part of this journey. It's meant a lot to me. And um, this podcast has been, it's been an exciting, an exciting thing for me. And I, I really love getting to know these people on a personal level. I love that. I feel that, you know, these interviews have helped humanize the adult industry and helped people see, you know, that we really are all people just like the rest of you. We just have kind of strange jobs. So thank you guys again, and we'll see you in a month. Happy summer. Happy summer.